Hello, and welcome to This Doesn't Suck, your new favorite podcast about the Vampire Diaries. I'm Arisa, and I'm helping my friends Sam and Hannah watch this teen, soapy, supernatural drama for the first time. We'd love to hear from you, so if you want to join the conversation, please find us on social at Doesn't Suck Pod on both Twitter and Instagram, or send us an email at thisdoesn'tsuckpod at gmail.com. And you can always find our contact info at our website, thisdoesn'tsuckpodcast.com. And on with the show. Stephanie Meyer is putting out Midnight Sun. Do you know what Midnight Sun is? Big vampire uh, industry news. Uh We've Uh got to address it. It's the elephant in the room. I feel like we had to talk about it this week. It was the news this week. Um, Yeah, Twilight from Edward's perspective. Wow. Crazy. Hadn't that leaked like years ago? Yeah, yeah, it did. So, Sam, you did not sound impressed. By- no, no, but I'm like, no, I mean, like, it, I, that's what I heard. Like, people reacting like it's already kind of existed for a while. Yeah. She had just never like acknowledged it or never like published it. So she she started it, and I think she had turned in chapters to. I don't know if she turned it into the publisher or she just had it up on a drive in the cloud somewhere. Um, but she had started it and someone, I don't know if hacked her cloud hard drive or something and then posted it. And then she was like, well, it's out there. So like, I can't publish this book right now. So yeah. she stopped writing it. And then she was like, fuck it. And she just put the chapters up on her website. So anyone could mm. go and read. It was probably not, a, not even a, a quarter of the book. It was probably like the first, like six chapters or oh, wow. I, I don't even remember. But yeah, you can unless you took it down now that she's finished the book, um, there were there was years where you could go and read these like bits of Edward's what's in Edward's head, you know? Um <laughs> yeah. So so Robert Pattinson's back in the news, which is nutty. <laughs> oh my God. Well it's it's funny when he talked about quarantine, he was like And I'm paraphrasing here a lot, but he was like, you know, after Twilight, I pretty much had to isolate. Like, it's lonely being this person, this character that people are obsessed with, that they have, you know, parasocial relationships with, that they they feel like they know him personally. And he, I don't know, he feels uniquely prepared for isolation because he's had to do it in his real life for so long as a celebrity. I was like huh, that gave me a new perspective on celebrities in isolation and people who have had to do it out of necessity before. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I watched a a YouTube video with Ed Sheeran. It was like a behind the scenes of him making his most recent album. And, you know, another thing about quarantine and celebrities posting videos from their homes while their servants are walking around on the grounds and like, you know, the whole Ellen backlash of her like comparing quarantine to jail when she lives in a giant compound or, you know, JLo talking about like, you know, at least I've got the people that I love and like how many hundreds (laughs) of square feet uh, and how many acres are you living on? You know? Um, But then like, you know, you get it. Like Ed Sheeran literally can't go to the 
grocery store, you know, like he has to have this kind of like mini compound. So he and his wife, he's, he's now married, you know, and he has to deal with, you know, 16 year olds, like chasing him every, he just can't go anywhere without like a full security detail. I I get it. Like needing space to like quarantine yourself without poor celebrities, poor, poor poor celebrities. Did you you see Martha Stewart referring to her, servants as her detainees on instagram oh my god no i did not <laughs> oh my god she had some crazy post where she was like sharing a i can't remember it was maybe like it was a very simple recipe but then she put like caviar on it and she was like because the detainees were so good this week i'm letting them try it too oh my <laughs> god <laughs> i mean it's like half super self-aware and yeah, kind of self-deprecating. Like she I mean, the thing is she, prison she went to prison. Yeah. 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 But not like real prison. <laughs> I know. It wasn't real prison. But like, I, I guess that's where the humor must be stemming from. Like that's, that's why she I thinks guess. it's a relevant joke. Yeah. Oh. She just yeah. needs to check in with Snoop Dogg before she like makes a joke in public. Like, is this yeah. okay for me to say? You know? <laughs> Calvin Broadus needs to be like, nah, nah, Martha, you should not say that on Instagram. <laughs> mm. And b- before we move on to this, off the subject of Robert Pattinson, <laughs> gossip, I think it's happened. I think we've gossip. I, well, no, I know, but I, I need, I need to bring this up because let's give you closure. Gonna, yeah. yeah. Um, have you guys ever read uh, Trump's? tweets about <gasps> Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, uh, Kristen yeah. Stewart from like 2011. Yeah. Oh my God. I go to those and when I'm feeling down, they just, they bring me <laughs> those so are much the ones joy. Of, yeah. all, of all of the, of yeah. all the ones. I, I, I will retweet that every time I see it. I know. Or the fact that like it yeah. was ever in on his radar. Yeah. But, and like, it was like a lot. He tweeted a lot about it. Yeah. It just goes to show he was always up watching late night bullshit. Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of those people that stays up and like turns on TMZ like a crazy yeah. person. He's a media critic at heart. Like that is what mm. brings him joy is is just gossip and you know, talking about how Vanity Fair is failing <laughs> and how Robert's too good for C- Kristen. It's just like <laughs> that's what he should be doing. That's what and he should not, be doing. He's not bad at it, you know. He's got some zingers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess The Apprentice was his foray into media, but it's like, why have you been doing real estate development? There's not that much gossip. Like, I guess there's page six gossip, right? Yeah. Um, In that circle, but like, I don't know. It seems like, I guess he hasn't been entertained enough by the real estate development circuit. He's (laughs) had a foray into everything else and got up (laughs) on our lives. Yeah. Anyway, sorry right, to bring it to that. Thing, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just looking forward to when that tweet is engraved somewhere in his presidential library, yes. and we get to just commemorate it um, for the the peak in his his career. I mean, there will be a Twitter museum at some point, right? Yeah. Oh, there, and he'll be in it. Yeah, he'll be in it, right? So there will be a Twitter museum, and I have to imagine that whoever will end up curating. The 45th president's tweets that Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson will end up somewhere in that lexicon. They get a whole wing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be a digital display, but. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm sure. I'm sure Chris and Stuart and Robert Pattinson will show up. <laughs> I don't know how we started on this really wonderful tangent. I thought that was great. Um, Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Always you for appreciate having, me. having you in the space. It's the best. Um, we talked to Hannah last week or the week before, and it sounds like she's almost ready to rejoin us at least for an episode or two. Yay! Yeah, I think she said work is close to getting as as close to normal as normal can be for her. So um, she's trying to catch up on episodes this week, and she's hoping to record with this this coming Sunday, which is Oh, fun. I'm jealous that she gets to watch a couple in a row, because one thing that I've found difficult about joining for this podcast is only watching one episode at a time. It takes an enormous amount of self-control. Yeah, I mean... And the hard thing is, like, you're with Sam. So it's not like you can go home and, like... <laughs> well, he keeps me honest. I think yeah. if we weren't together, then I just wouldn't. I would just keep watching. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I've seen the show so many times that, like, I I, I watched this episode last week and did my notes. Um, and then I just let it kept, kept going, like, that evening, you know? And then this weekend, I think, I... Kurt was busy doing something and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to put on another episode of something, something. And then I just put on like season four, you know, <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it literally doesn't matter with me. I've seen every episode so many times and nothing, nothing matters what I do. You know, if anything, like it's good for me to put some of the episodes into perspective um, against what we're watching now. Um, It'll be interesting talking through today's episode with you, actually, Caroline, because a lot of new stuff happens. This yeah. is a really exciting yeah. one. Um, I feel like this part of the season is it like it re- this is when the season hits its stride. Like there's a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the plot is moving forward. I feel like maybe not necessarily like action, action packed as I would define um, the capacity of the show to be. Uh, but there's so much information that's that's uh, coming out every episode right now, and I feel like there's a long string of episodes in this in this part of the season that um, feels like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got all of the background information set, and you can finally enjoy the characters and their dynamic play out. Yeah, and there's new characters being introduced. Um, 106, we had the first flashbacks. We saw Catherine um, back in 1864 in Haunted. Vicky turns, and then she is killed in 162 Candles. We get Lexi, which was so fun. Um, And then in History Repeating, we get to meet Emily, um, which isn't necessarily a flashback, uh, but the idea of like having Emily's uh, spirit appear in Mystic Falls in, in current time. Um, I appreciated that because that's the, f- that's the first kind of introduction to the idea of like, which is spirits are still around. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, Hey, Mystic Falls. My name is Arisa. <laughs> I'm Sam. And I'm Caroline. Hey, Caroline, <laughs> our very special guest for the week. Um, very late uh, intro into the show, but we, I feel like we need to catch up a little bit. Um, we are talking today about episode uh, 109. This is 
History of Repeating. Uh, this episode aired November 12th, 2009. It was written by Brian Holdman and Brian Young. These are both writers who have written episodes in the past. Brian Holdman wrote, uh, he co-wrote 103, Friday Night Bites, and Brian Young co-wrote 104, Family Ties. So we're starting to see like what the writer's room, I think, kind of looks like and how they start to work together, because oftentimes you don't see the same two writers co-writing together. Um, and this episode was directed by Marcos Siega, who is the directing supervisor and the pilot director, because um, I think this is a big one. So uh, he generally steps in when a lot of stuff is happening. A lot of people find this to be a really iconic episode of Vampire Diaries. Like when they think about season one, this is one of the episodes they think about. Um, the episode synopsis from fandom.com is Stefan learns the reason Damon returned to Mystic Falls. Jeremy gets a break from the mysterious new history teacher, Alaric, and introduces Alaric to Jenna. Bonnie is having terrifying dreams about one of her ancestors. Despite Elena's attempts to smooth things over, Bonnie and Caroline continue to argue over the medallion. When the girls hold a seance to help them decide what to do, the results are stranger than any of them expected. Matt comes to Caroline's aid when she needs a friend. Damon finally reveals to Stefan the stunning reason he has returned to Mystic Falls. Um, Yeah, so we meet Emily, but we also meet Alaric, um, which I was... Uh, thinking about you while I was watching the episode, Caroline, because I was like, I don't know how to talk about Alaric without like, like talking about Alaric. Um, uh, and you know, he's the new history teacher. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all that we kind of know about him. But Sam, I'll just say that um, I don't want to give a total qualifier for it. But Alaric I mean, is one of he's my. He's definitely a vampire. I guess we're going to find out. (laughs) I mean, that's like so heavily hinted in this episode. He's got the ring. He, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like that's a safe I think that you're fully validated in uh, having your suspicions. Okay. Um, But not to to have a qualifier, but Alaric ends up becoming, I think, a really integral part of the show. Enough to the point where, um, you know, there's been multiple spinoffs of Vampire Diaries. Um, and Matt Smith, who, I don't know if you recognize, he was the ex-boyfriend in Legally Blonde. Yes. Oh, such a different character. Yeah. Yeah, he broke yeah. up with Reese Witherspoon, and then she's like, oh, well, I'm going to go to Harvard Law School, too, right? Yeah, Wait, so I've only heard of the originals as a spinoff. Is there more than just that? There's Vampire a new Diaries? show. Yeah, there's a new show called Legacies. Oh. That I think is on season two. On the oh, CW recent. Right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's on season two right now. Um, I don't think I've finished the... I don't think I'm up to date, but I've I've watched this season. It's cute. They're, like, younger. Like, again, like, they're, they're high schoolers again. So it's a younger generation of the same universe. But CW is like that line in Days to Confuse where he's like, I keep getting older. (laughs) They stay the same age. That's how I feel. I feel like Matthew McConaughey. CW Um, kids stay teenagers. mm -hmm. Just like Roswell uh, rebooted (laughs) on CW. And I was like, wait, didn't I watch the show like 10, 15 years ago? And now it's happening all over again. They're just all Latino. It's great. I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is an improvement. Like a, this is better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like immigrant storyline, immigration storyline. I love it. It's so good. Um, okay. So what I also find that I love about this episode is it's our first Bonnie centric storyline or first yeah. Bonnie centric uh, episode, right? She deserved it. She so deserves it. She's <laughs> the best. Um, and so to see her really get an episode speaking to her story tickles me to death. So storyline A, I think, is Bonnie and Emily. Um, even if I, I am not going to go crazy enough to, like, figure out screen time divisions on this show. So I don't know if Bonnie got more screen time than Stefan and Damon or Stefan and Elena. I have no idea. But um I would say storyline A is is Bonnie and Emily, especially because the cold open is Emily haunting Bonnie. I I thought the cold open was confusing. Did you guys understand what was happening? Uh, no. And I had seen it before. Yeah, I was definitely confused. And I wasn't sure where they really, like, I assumed the last part was reality, where she wakes up in the gravesite again. But isn't that also where she wakes up at the end of the previous episode? Right. So I don't understand if the cold open is supposed to be the end of the previous episode. Yeah. See, that's what I didn't oh, get. I got I, the sense. Or it happened multiple times. It was like a re- like a recurring dream that she was experiencing. And even though she was confused when she woke up in the cemetery, she was like, oh, shit, it's happening again. Like, I've I've had this happen more than once at this point. Right. And that would be a totally valid, like, question, right? <laughs> like, I can't figure it out either. Um, I, I can't figure out, like, the timeline of this, these, like, Emily haunting dreams. Because um, even when she's in the classroom, like, it, not, I don't know, the continuity of it doesn't make sense. And, and maybe that's what they were going for, is for it to be kind of confusing and for time to be blurry and for her not to really, because she, she walks in the class and Elena's like, are you okay? And she's like, uh, like she looks like she hasn't slept <laughs> in three days and, you know, like she just doesn't really know what's going on. The one, the other thing I th- thought was odd and, and, and maybe in the like terms of a dream it made sense, but I feel like I've noticed this in previous episodes that the hallways in that high school are extremely dark. Yeah. Like create, like just, and you know, it's, it's a TV show. So, you know, you can, (laughs) you can light it however you want, but like, I just, whenever I see that, I'm like, that's, that's a safety hazard. That's too dark. Yeah. Like, <laughs> school doesn't turn off the lights in the hallway while you're in class. Exactly. Yeah. Teenagers are going to be doing stuff out there. Like, yeah. it's just, you know. Yeah. You need wayfinding, you know. I mean, if we're talking construction, like, hallways need to be well lit. You know, you need uh, at least one foot candle per... Anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just supposed to be, you know, dark because it's in Bonnie's mind. Yeah. When she, when she jerks awake while she's in math class and everyone's kind of looking at her, <laughs> Bonnie was like so rude to her classmate. Yeah. She was like, what are you looking at? You have to Turn around. <laughs> Damn mean girl. Yeah. That's when you know something's wrong with her. She's really out of sorts. Yeah. She's like really irritated, irritable. 
Yeah, she was so mean. Yeah, but I thought the whole dream sequence with Emily was very disorienting. I didn't really get it. And as many times as I've watched the show, I still I still don't get it. But again, maybe that's what they were they were trying to do. Um uh relative to the storyline when Caroline and, and Elena are walking up to the school and Elena's like, So have you talked to Bonnie? And no, I'm mad at her. She needs to make the first move. Be the bigger person. <sighs> Impossible in her presence. Why are you so pissed at her anyway? She's a thief, that's why. I gave her my necklace and she refuses to give it back. It's a matter of principle. I get that she's being compelled by Damon, but she didn't really care about the stupid crystal. I don't know why I'm being so petty. Um, I was telling Kurt while we were watching it, I, I appreciated how Caroline and Elena are dressed in this episode. Um, Caroline's got this like long sleeve blue shirt. That's like multi-tiered big ruffles. There's just like no sexualization of them at all. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do we dress high school juniors, you know, and like not make them sexy. And I thought that was very refreshing. It was like, okay, let's go to target and buy some very normal high school clothes, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. I dare say the clothes are getting a little better. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm not sure what's coming next. So maybe I'll regret saying that, but so far this is better. Yeah. I, I, I made enough of a mental note to say, wow, the girls look like girls. They don't look like 26-year-old women, you know? They they look like high schoolers, which I, I definitely appreciated. I watched an, an old interview with the cast from season one not too long ago, and they were talking about their style and the way that they were dressed on the show. And uh, uh, Kat Graham, who plays Bonnie, um, the interviewer was like, so, you know, Bonnie's got a very particular look, you know, very kind of bohemian, a lot of like frilly patterned shirts that feel very, um, you know, earthy, you know, yogi mom type type thing. And she was like, is that indicative of yourself? And she was like, no, <laughs> she was like, I dress very much in like more like black and white graphic pattern. Like, and you know, when you actually Google photos of Kat Graham, like out and about in the world, she's, she's very modern, very sophisticated. Um, and she does not dress like Bonnie, but I think they give Bonnie a, a very sweet look, very, very boho as far as boho could be in 2009, I guess. Um, uh, Damon comes and starts harassing Bonnie at the school. And this this scene where he's asking for his amulet back and he says he knows that Emily is haunting her. So this, this scene made me question the dream sequence because we know that Damon can influence dreams. So I was wondering if he was implanting these like Emily dreams into Bonnie's head in order to, intimidate her into giving him the crystal back whether that's true or not we will never get the answer like i'm telling you right now like that will never be answered but i i don't know how he knows that emily is haunting her first of all yeah um well is it his he he can't read her mind at this point they never established that vampires can really read minds. They establish that vampires can get into your dreams and influence your dreams. Right. Right. I didn't and, know if he had gotten into one of her nightmares, I guess. That's again, like 
it's a big question mark for me. Like I, I don't understand the dream sequence and I don't understand how Damon is able to like say these things to Bonnie at the school while he's asking for the amulet back. I, I just don't, I don't get it. And I wish yeah. there was some clarity somewhere. Um, <laughs> I did. The, go ahead. I, did, I was going to say, I, I did think it, it was interesting where he like later in the episode, like, you know, talks about that kind of being like feeling responsible for protecting Emily's lineage. And so it made me think that like, well, obviously he knows who Bonnie is, you know, so maybe he just made an educated guess of like, well, you've got the crystal. I know how witches work. She's probably haunting you. He does seem like someone who hedges his bets. Mm -hmm. Who (laughs) would like be bold enough to claim that he knew something, even if he didn't know it for sure. Mm -hmm. And he has enough of an understanding of witches, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's a con artist. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he really is. Um, I love the scene where Bonnie, there, she and Elena are driving. I don't know if they're driving back from school to home. I think they're I'm supposed very... to be driving from school to home, right? Because Elena was like, you're going to spend the night at my house. Yeah, yeah. So they're driving by a very large farm field, like very large, like hay field. And I was like, wow, they really are out in the country. <laughs> like you don't really see a lot of shots of the country. I was like, they could be in Dillon, Texas right now. Like it is yeah. the middle of nowhere between their high school and Elena's house. And I don't think that's the case. No. Cause I feel like she is like walked home from school before. <laughs> yeah. I mean like Caroline walked to the, the, the boarding walk. house. Oh yeah. I, I don't know how close that is, but like, I feel like there's a lot of walking from house to house scenes where it'd be like, you would never walk down that road. <laughs> yeah. And even if there is farmland around Mystic Falls, yeah. like there's no reason for them to drive by that farmland to get from the school to Elena's house. Um, but Unless I, they need I, to grow something somewhere. Yeah, I mean, we know what farms in Virginia look like, right? Like, that looked like a farm in Virginia. Like, you're driving yeah. down a country road, like, going to, you know, some lake house or something. Like, that That exists. Um, but I was like, where, where are they right now? That's a giant farm. <laughs> <laughs> Very silly. Um, I appreciated that they were having a sleepover, and the necklace very creepily shows up again, and Caroline's like... <laughs> Why are you such a little liar, Bonnie? What? (laughs) Anyone who's been in a friendship with three people can identify with this, like, this triangle that happens where someone's always in the middle, someone's always kind of on the outskirts, and, like, you're just constantly rearranging who's, who's fighting with who. Like, I hate to generalize about girls and friendships, but... It happens. And not just with girls, with like any friendships of three people, you're always like navigating this. So as, as weird as their instance of it was like, it's relatable on, on some level. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the, someone playing mediator, especially since, you know, Bonnie and Caroline are best friends and Bonnie and Elena are best friends, but Elena and Caroline aren't necessarily best friends. Um, Yeah, definitely. Needed to pop up at some point. It's tense. Uh, it's a tense sleepover. <laughs> yeah. When when Caroline says, uh, why you have to be such a little liar, Bonnie? And then, <laughs> like, like she cursed her out or something because Elena was like, Caroline. And, 
And I, I, I thought about you, Caroline. I was like, I wonder if Caroline's friends ever talked to her like that. Like, Caroline, how dare you say something like that to your friend? I I had never really like associated Caroline Forbes with you because you're nothing like Caroline Forbes. Um, True. But sometimes when I, I hear Caroline. <laughs> At least not in season one. Um, we'll, we'll unpack that later. Yeah, we'll, unpack, yeah, yeah. we'll unpack that later. Um, but I sometimes when like Caroline's name is isolated like that, I, I, I think about you like Caroline. I don't have a lot of Carolines in my life. So here, you're one of the other ones. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, Caroline wants to do a seance and both Bonnie and Elaine are like, I don't think that was a good idea. It's like, she needs to prove that she's down with the quote, woo woo after she called it woo woo. Like she yeah. needs to, she needs to like take that step of uh, like, this is a peace offering. I'm going to do some stuff that's out of my comfort zone with you. Yeah. And it was a perfect excuse to like have a scene from the craft, you know, um, mm-hmm. everyone just gotta be a seance. If it's a witch show, there's gotta be the typical, like light as a feather, stiff as a board candles going up in, 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 you know, window popping open in, in, in a jump scare. Um, Kevin Williamson to a T. I love it. It's so good. Um, and uh, Kat Graham playing Bonnie as Emily playing Bonnie. Um, I love when they do this kind of layering on this show. And um, I feel like Kat Graham does it well. Um mm-hmm. She was being kind of kind of creepy, but it was it was very subtle. Like it didn't feel yeah. like horror ghosty, right? It just yeah. felt like spirit ghosty. No, it was subtle. I thought it was well done. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like she did a good job of like not changing her voice, but changing her like um, what do you call it? Uh, her diction. Her diction. Like mm-hmm. you know, like she was kind of like speaking maybe more staccato or, or whatever it was. Um, where you're like old okay, tiny. So- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's great to see like these actors at the time in two thousand nine. They were so young, and you have very low expectations of their like actual delivery. You know, like you expect- maybe you maybe you do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was told this was high quality entertainment. That's the only reason I joined this. I'm the podcast. one telling you on it, buddy. <laughs> But, you know, it's CW. Everything's so stylized and you expect the direction to to bear the brunt, right, of, mm-hmm. of the execution. And I, I'd like to see the, these great little moments when the actors manage to, like, satisfy your, your want for a, a good actor's delivery. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, uh, what's next? Uh, so, yeah, Emily runs out. She she wants to destroy the amulet is is her is her goal um elena calls stefan and of course damon overhears it and he makes it to the ruins first and he tries to confront emily she she apologizes for not keeping her under the deal her her deal as we'll talk about i think in the stefan and damon section of things is damon wants to release uh catherine from the tomb we we find out that catherine's alive 
he wants to get her out of the tomb. And she's like, yeah, I, I, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awkward. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, and we see like some true, like witchy woo power. She just like uses her powers to lift David up in the air and throws him against a tree, stabs him against mm. a branch. Looks like it hurts. Love it. So good. <laughs> David's getting some, a little bit of something he deserves. Um, uh, and then Emily reveals to Stefan that all of the vampires that were in Mystic Falls at the time were saved. You saved everyone in the church? With one comes all. I don't care about them. I just want Catherine. I wish you would believe the single word that comes out of your mouth. And Stefan is not okay with them coming out. This is like a big reveal. We have had no yeah. idea why Damon was in town. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, how did this change your view of Damon? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I feel like it, it wasn't the, the storyline that I feel like I was expecting out of him was seemed to, I thought it was going to be much more selfish. And this seems a little more selfless in that he's like helping other people in quotes, um, (laughs) undead people, undead people, um, so it feels like he he's cr- like it almost humanizes him in that he's like craving a community or craving peers where like previously he's been so like I'm on my own you know I don't I don't give a shit about anyone um, and so like I'll, I'll I'll honestly say I, I did not expect this reveal that there were going to be a hundred vampires twenty seven um, okay twenty. <laughs> 27. Anything above 20 is 100 for me. You know, I can't count. <laughs> Round on up. If it's if I can't count it on my toes, it's 100. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, was, I was genuinely surprised by this reveal. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, there's, a, there's an interview from season one of The Vampire Diaries with Julie Pleck, the showrunner, the cre- one of the creators, and she explains that the first season is broken up basically into three chapters. And so chapter one is called the Vicky chapter, which keeps the universe very small, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. And chapter two is the tomb chapter. So I'm not going to tell you what the chapter Mm. three chapter is, but, uh, (laughs) and, and a lot of people are like, this Julia Pluck theory about the three chapters for every season is a bunch of bullshit, but I see what she, I I see how she's like structuring the plot. So this is the conclusion of the second chapter you're saying like this reveal marks the conclusion or the beginning of this is the beginning of the tomb chapter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's not the last we've heard of this tomb. No, this this is you know Damon's. You thought you were gonna get off that easy? Yeah, Sam? I thought I thought we weren't gonna see Catherine. I you know it seemed dangerous. I think that the amulet is destroyed, but I don't necessarily believe that Damon's gonna give up yet. I think he he's gonna want to give up, but I don't I don't believe that Damon's gonna give up yet. <laughs> My predictions. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, vampires, they've got nothing but time on their hands to achieve all their goals. I mean, yeah. Maybe next episode is, you know, flash forward to the next uh, comet and it'll be 145 <laughs> years from now. I don't know. Maybe we'll have a flash forward. Who knows? Hmm. <laughs> I really want to see Kevin do like Kevin Williamson do like sci fi. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, but it hasn't necessarily been his thing yet. I don't know. I should... Mo- moody teens in the you know Xenon universe. Should see what he has in pre-production on IMDb. I'm going to check mm. in a minute. Um, and then, yeah, she destroys the amulet. Damon attacks her, bites her. Stefan saves her with his blood. That's the first we've seen, right? That vampire mm-hmm. blood heals humans. Is that right? Is the first time we've seen that? I thought Vicky. I thought you're right. Vicky get healed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so we did know that. Okay, not a new rule, but uh, first the body knows about it. <laughs> she doesn't know yeah. the vampires exist, uh, so she uh, is really freaked out by Damon attacking her. Uh, Stefan healing her. He she doesn't really understand what's going on. They don't compel her to forget, which I think is great. Um, Elena takes her home and, and tells Stefan that she's going to tell Bonnie the truth. Um, she doesn't want to keep secrets from Bonnie. Bonnie didn't keep secrets from her. So um, she's going to tell her the truth. Elena tells Stefan kind of at the end of this, and I guess this is really Elena, Stefan's storyline, but she tells Stefan they don't have to break things off, but he's like, no, we really should stay away from each other. And I was like, oh, mm. it feels like that scene from New Moon where Edward's like, I'm going to go. No, you just know it isn't the last of it. You know, it can't I, be. Yeah, we know we know better. Um, but yeah, it very it very much felt like that scene in, in the, the woods when, in, in Twilight when Edward's like, I'm going to go. I don't want you to come with me. And you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> we have three more movies, buddy. It's fine. Okay. So yeah, very Bonnie centric storyline. I love it. She deserved the screen time. Um, I think the next storyline is Stefan and Damon, which is mixed up in the storyline, but I, I feel like it had a lot more of the like brotherly banter that we haven't in in a different way than I think yeah. we've gotten in the past. Um, <laughs> Damon wakes Stefan up for school. He's bringing him coffee, and he's like, he apologizes for killing Lexi, but there's like no sincerity in it at all. Oh. He, he promises he won't eat a human for at least a week, but nothing with feathers <laughs> because he had a eat his crow in order to like get out of the house (laughs) 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 i i i appreciate that they're still acknowledging the crow like many episodes later (laughs) um but the dialogue of the brothers mocking each other i just think is so hilarious yeah Um, i wrote down in my notes like i feel like it's 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 where you finally get to see stefan or Paul Wesley or whatever, like as an actor that like actually emotes and like understands a human emotion. Because I realize that killing your closest and oldest friend is beyond evil, and yet somehow it's worthy of humor. Are you mimicking me? Yes, Stefan. Now that the secret society of vampire haters is off our back, I can go back to my routine of how can I destroy Stefan's life this week? And I can go back to sulking and Elena longing and forehead brooding. This is fun. I like this. And I will finally reveal the ulterior motive behind my evil and diabolical return to Mystic Falls. Yeah, I'm done. That's just like you, Damon. Always have to have the last word. Um, <laughs> like he was, he was entertaining as as Damon, or you know, as mocking Damon. Um, totally. I think the self-referentialness of it, like 
well, I'll go back to like my burning forehead and my. <laughs> <laughs> uh paul wesley has said multiple times the like you know standard press junket interview questions like what is what are the similarities between you and stefan and he's like well i do my own hair <laughs> <laughs> and he says all the time like this is like my hair like i i do my hair like <laughs> i walked into my my audition with this hair um, oh my god yeah so that wasn't a look that they developed for him that is paul wesley in all of his hair glory and so the fact that they make fun of it on the show i just find so endearing i think it's that's so sweet. all the better it's all yeah. the better it's so sweet stefan's hero hair um <laughs> <laughs> um and then after he finds out that damon is harassing bonnie he they they don't say it in a really explicit way, right? Elena's like, well, Damon threatened Bonnie and and it's about this necklace and, and Stefan's like, well, oh, it's Emily's necklace. I knew Emily. She's a witch. I know Bonnie's a witch, blah, 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 blah. I'll get the information out of Damon. I don't know what he's doing. And and so in the scenes to come, you realize like he's playing nice in order to get info out of Damon. Um, but each like I remember the first time watching this episode, I was like, "Dude just killed Lexi! Like, how are you going to the bar and hang out with him? And like, why would Damon ever assume that you're just trying to play nice and make up as a brother? Like, you just killed his best friend." Yeah, it just makes you wonder how much other stuff has happened between them that would make killing his best friend like. Something that's easy to sweep under the rug. Yeah. Or like get over it. Like literally the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I guess if you take into account, okay, he's trying to get info out of Damon and sweet talking him or playing nice is is the way to do it. Um, I don't know. It's all very weird. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Stefan's playing nice with... Damon at the grill. Oh, so they go to high school and we finally get a little uh, supersonic uh, vampire football scene there. It's very yeah. short, but I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if, I hope Sam appreciates this because that's all I'm going to get. <laughs> it was so cheesy. So cheesy. So and cheesy. When they were playing catch. Yeah. And to be honest, it wasn't as bad as like other instances of actors trying to play sports. Cause I f- like, I could conceivably see both of them having played sports in high school. I don't know if that's true, um, but they weren't like so bad. I will bring up since I didn't before there's a, when Bonnie throws the um, amulet into like the bushes, I thought like, <laughs> it was so funny how she like, jumps and throws it. <laughs> She's like, like both feet oh. off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had to replay it several times. Just because yeah. Sam wanted to laugh at it again. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. That was uh I've never thrown something before. Kind of yeah. Thing. It's almost like they didn't have the crew on set for like someone to be like, hey Bonnie, don't don't do it like that. You know <laughs> um, plant your feet and you know kind of toss it. There's an episode. Have you guys watched High Maintenance on HBO? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, I think it's the most recent season where there's a woman who's the intimacy coach. Yes. I found yeah. her job fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, there's someone on set to like make this 
look natural, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, there should have been someone on set to be like, hey, Bonnie, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just plant and and pivot. Yeah. Jumping, jumping kind of like kills your momentum when you're throwing. Yeah. Like I was a dancer. I wasn't like an athlete. I was a dancer, but I at least could like fake like how. Yeah. That requires a lot of body control. Yeah. And like you put your left foot forward. So you throw with your right leg or it's like walking, right? Opposite, opposite (laughs) leverage, right? Like this is like normal human, like body movement. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Kind of like shot put it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe she was just re- watching the wrong videos. Yeah. yeah, maybe someone sent her a shock put video and they should have they should have sent her something else. Ugh, they're silly. I'm impressed, Stefan. Fun with booze and darts, sentimental with football, and now starry night. <laughs> <laughs> Very convincing little performance you're putting on here. Um <laughs> It's just feeding the fan fiction. Oh, God, so gross. Um, Stefan asks Damon what he wants with Emily's crystal. And, or Catherine's crystal is what he says. What do you want with Catherine's crystal? How do you know about that? Come on. You knew Elena would tell me? How'd you know it was Catherine's? Emily gave it to her on her last night. I was with her. You weren't. I was the last one to see her, Damon. And Damon's face is like not happy. Ugh. Not happy. I mean, he's had 145 years to think that he was the last love interest taking care of what was going on with Catherine and then finds out that Catherine literally was double timing more so than he even knew. Yeah. Ugh. I don't I don't know why you don't clear the air on that once you think she's dead. But I guess now we know that Damon never thought that she was really dead. Is that what we're supposed to think that for this whole time he's known that she would be back with him eventually? Or he's he, thought that? Yeah, he's been waiting for that comet from episode two. He's been waiting for that comet to come back around so he can get his hand on the crystal and he can find a witch that's able to open the tomb. That's what he mm. believes is the magic recipe for opening up the tomb. So um, I don't think he making up with Stefan was ever a priority for him. Like his priority for 145 years was getting that tomb open. Um, so Stefan's like reveal at this point that um, he was the last one to see her. Damon's face goes real dark. Um and I see, I see more meaning in it than I think anyone could see the first time watching it, um, knowing what I know about episodes to come. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot. All will be revealed, Sam. Yeah, I was very, I was very confused about what they were like claiming in that scene. But it sounds like, I mean, it, it, it sounds significant. But at <laughs> yeah. the time, I was like, okay, I, I guess I just didn't. I don't know what they are what happened that night necessarily still. Yeah. There will be a flashback episode in the future. Um, again, this is me trying to like balance, not spoiling Sam, but also uh, speaking to whatever number of listeners we might have who are clearly rewatching the show. Right. And are listening to this podcast because they're rewatching. Um, 
but yeah, there will be flashback episodes in the future that will reveal all of this. And Stefan's comment is very vague, but I think it's significant. So I feel the need to, to comment on it. Um, he explains the tomb. He explains Emily's uh, spell. And in order for that crystal to work again, the comet had to return. Downside. Long time in between comments. Why would Emily, why would she do this for you? Because she knew they were going to come for her too. And she made me promise that her lineage would survive. I remember. You, you saved her children. Yeah, it's the only thing keeping me from ripping that little bonnie girl's throat out to get my crystal back. Oh well. Deal's a deal. So, you want to go throw some more? When, I, when, when he mentioned that, I was just like picturing him being like the babysitter for various generations of mm. Bonnie's family, Bennett like witches. diving to catch the baby when he like falls backwards <laughs> off the, you know, couch and oh. stuff. Like, like literally like, you know, changing like, diapers. Like, that's why he's been hanging out in Mystic Falls, like every yeah. now and then over the years. They do have an interesting Uncle chemistry. Damon. Like the two of them, I don't know. Damon and Bonnie have always had a little, they've always clicked pretty well, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, like they hate each other, but there is definitely like a connection. I mean, he's been following her family for generations. And so I think his, there's like a level of familiarity he has with Bonnie that is unexplained. And and now we get it. um, But he's always felt like comfortable about just like saying whatever he wanted to her. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't know her. She doesn't know you. Like, why are you talking to her like this? Um, But now you kind of get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was her wet nurse. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, after the whole ordeal with Bonnie, <laughs> she destroys the amulet. He bites her. Um, he doesn't kill her, but he's pissed and he attacks her. Um, but then at the end of the episode, he realizes he can't bring Catherine back. He feels very defeated, and he says he'll leave town now. So fat chance. Yeah, we if if we were only so lucky, right, Sam? Yeah, good riddance. I I hope they canceled his contract. <laughs> You're not that lucky. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say storyline C was Elena and Stefan, but I think a lot of Elena and Stefan stuff is covered in storyline A and B. Um, so I'm going to move on to Matt and Caroline. Uh, so cute, but also like very toxic in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't very know. Awkward. Are we rooting for them? It's so hard to say. I mean, so it's like, all right. So while this is a teen, uh, while this is a supernatural fantasy show, right? It also is a teen soapy drama and there are still the tropes that don't have to be supernatural that are teen soapy elements to it. And I think Matt and Caroline as like very opposite people uh, pairing up and finding like a commonality between them. Like that is a super teen soapy trope. Right. Caroline's mm-hmm. super type A. Her mom is the sheriff. She's the queen of the school. She's like super yeah. bossy. Matt's like, I have to have, you know, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm the I'm the football quarterback and I'm hot and all. But like, you know, he just I don't think he feels like the popular guy 
at all? No, he's like the out of place jock. He's like the uncomfortable in his popular skin yeah. jock. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I think the last time you were on the show, we were talking about Stefan and his wife, Peter, and you said he reminded you of Ryan Atwood. I think Matt is the Ryan Atwood of the yes. show. Yes. Now that now that his character has a chance to evolve and I've like gotten familiar with the show again, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, like wrong side of the tracks, but doesn't necessarily want to associate himself with that. Like his sister kind of causes some shame even though he loves her very much and you see him wanting to distance himself from his his background and his family yeah 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 so previous episode matt and caroline matt took caroline home from the weird party at the grill where lexi got taken she's like don't leave So he, I, I think I, did I say this at the end of the episode last? I, I appreciate it. He actually took his shoes off because there's far too many TV scenes where people get into bed with their shoes on. It irks me to no end as a Chinese person. I'm just like, why are you getting into bed with your shoes on? It's gross. <sighs> Who gets into bed with their shoes on? I, it's weird. It's weird. Um, but so anyhow, next morning they're at school and Matt's being weird. Um, at least from Caroline's perspective, Matt's being weird. He's like, hey. And he keeps walking. Caroline's feeling awkward. And then, so she finally confronts them and she's like, hey. Hey. What is that? What is what? The hey. That's twice. That is two hey's. That, do you have any other words in your vocabulary? What's wrong with hey? It reeks of awkward subtext. I just spent the night in my bed. There was cuddling and then you snuck out before dawn so you wouldn't have to face me which i must say is a total lame guy move that i did not appreciate and now with the haze seriously i mean i may have been some pathetic insecure mess after the party but do not mistake that for me being a pushover because i do not let guys mess with my head anymore i heard your mom in the morning i didn't want to get you in trouble so i went out the window you went out the window well another lame guy move your mom's the sheriff and as for the haze I'm pretty sure it's what I've said to you every day since the first grade. Oh. Trying to read something into it? Lame girl move. She's she's being very 16-year-old girl throwing a bit of a tantrum and not knowing how to say things in an adult way. But she's not mm-hmm. saying anything that's not true. Right. I mean, you, like, at first you think she's overthinking things but I think she's just got a new lens on their relationship like she's starting to think about it in a different way it's not that anything she's saying is wrong nothing she's saying is wrong and he is like walking by her like they did not literally just spend the night in bed together like they didn't have sex they didn't even kiss but apparently there was cuddling and 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 he he can't even like acknowledge what she's saying as being somewhat truthful and being like, okay, my bad. I probably should have acknowledged what happened like four hours ago. Right. Um, when we ran into <laughs> each other at school. Um, and so I think he, he gaslights her. Right. He's like, yeah, his explanation is really bad. Yeah. What, what does he say? Like you making this into something that it wasn't lame yeah, girl. Move. I see what you're saying. And I, yeah. I call that out as gaslighting. He's like, you are imagining something that's not true and it's true. Yeah. 
It's true know? and it's weird. Yeah. So, like, don't make the girl feel weird about her feelings. Like, just say, my bad. I should have, <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry that I didn't acknowledge it when that's what you were looking for. Or, you know, like, hey, let's talk about it. Like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I didn't want you to feel that way. I just wanted to take, I wanted to make sure you were okay. And you didn't want me to leave. You are obviously lonely or whatever. Like, like that's the correct response if you're not feeling it. Right. But like sooner he learns that that is the right response to like any woman accusing you of anything in a relationship, like the better off he will be in his life. Like, let me hear what you have to say. You're valid in your feelings. Like, let's talk about it. And you're valid in your feelings, but I don't feel the same way. That's an appropriate response. Not like yeah. lame girl move for making some shit up in your head. Like, ugh, this is bad behavior to model to teenagers. Just don't. And at least at the end of the episode, Matt shows up at her house. And I, I, That's I, creepy. It's creepy. He, he climbs to the window and she's like, what are you doing here? Uh, your window is open. I thought you should know. Not funny. I guess that's again like a, a Kevin Williamson like horror movie trope, right? Like, let's make fun of the fact that something like, always happens when you leave your your window unlocked. Exactly. Like, let's let's play up the horror movie tropes at every given opportunity. Um, and then he totally backtracks and he's like, "I get it. You're lonely. You don't have support from your parents. You." don't feel like your best friends. Like there's a lot of ways in which we have a real connection and um, backtracks on the gaslighting, but doesn't negate the gaslighting that he did earlier in the episode. I'll just, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. My feelings about that. Also the way they like are giggling over like biscotti or something. Like it's just, it was (laughs) stupid. I want to know what their conversation was. Like I wanted that to be, I wanted the dialogue on that (laughs) because Oh, I can't like, wait. Why do you laugh when someone offers you a cookie? <laughs> Maybe it's an inside joke that we didn't that get. They the, just we didn't established get the in like the last five minutes. Like, oh, he's the cookie monster, you know? He loves his cookies. <laughs> I can't wait for us to revisit Matt and Caroline in the next episode. Uh, and then Elena and Stefan. Um, I think the only underlying lingering things here is uh, Stefan comes to school and he tells Elena he's not gonna be attending mystic falls high school anymore so he can stay away from her elena's feelings are hurt and um i mean yeah i guess that's about it there wasn't a lot of elena and elena and stefan this episode other than um her trying to get stefan involved in all the bonnie stuff Mm -hmm. that's refreshing the entire storyline is not based on elena and stefan i guess now that they're broken up that's what it should be yeah I mean, we'll see for how long. Got to move the plot forward. (laughs) Exactly. And this did feel like an episode where they were truly moving plot forward. um, Mm -hmm. Leaning into the plot that's already been developed and the the relationships that have already been developed. Um, And then I think the last little bit is the introduction of Alaric Saltzman. He's the new history teacher. So they very quickly replaced Mr. Tanner. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It's good. Um, want continuity in this semester. History is important. I I was a little confused, and I've you know I haven't lived in small town Virginia, so maybe you just have the one history teacher. But he's both Jeremy and Elena's history teacher. Yeah. So yeah. Is he t- teaching U.S. history and uh, world history? Or? We had we had teachers that kind of 
bridged yeah, a couple of years like that, like t- taught an AP class and taught a sophomore class. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. believable. Never it's mind. Believable. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, uh, a, with a name like Alaric, you've got to be educated enough to teach more than one class. I looked up the name Alaric. What are the origins? Do you do you have a country of origin? It's Germanic. Okay. Um, Alaric is a masculine Germanic name that broken into its parts means Allah means everyone's and Rick means ruler. <laughs> huh. This has various forms in several Germanic languages, such as Alarics in the original Gothic and Alricker in Old Norse. Mm. So he does say his last name is German of German origin. Saltzman, um, yeah. Yeah, Saltzman. Um, I really love the scene where he brings Jeremy, Jeremy shows up to class and he's like, you know that your old teacher had a jackass file? No joke. So typed on a label has all the, uh, troublemakers in it, but really it's just an opus to you. I thought that was really piffy. I thought it was, I thought it was clever. Um, Yeah. And him giving Jeremy a little extra credit, doing a paper on local history I love the rapport that they established right away. I do have to say, if I were Jeremy, I would have had to ask a couple follow-up questions. Like, this assignment seemed pretty vague. It was like, find something interesting, write about it. I'm like, how many words? How many pages? I don't know. I just don't feel like there was enough detail given. I would have needed more. And maybe Jeremy's just not the student to really focus on the details. Yeah, he did at least say, like, make it local, which gave it some focus, I think. And in a town like Mystic Falls, he said, yeah, there's a lot of history in this town. So keep it local, keep it relevant, and don't use Wikipedia. Don't do not do online research. So, um, yeah, we, we don't know how many pages the, the report's supposed to be, but uh, <laughs> vague history report. Um, Jenna thinks Alaric's hot. I like a man who can dine alone quiet strength. I thought you were still in that whole Logan depression thing. Oh, I've sworn off men forever, but it doesn't mean I can't observe them from a safe distance. Uh, That lasts about 30 seconds until Jeremy walks home, which again, Jeremy can walk home. Walks home from the grill. Yeah. Yeah. Past the farmhouses and the fields. Yeah. Yeah. That that whole... We don't know. The (laughs) production team was not thinking about this field that Bonnie was throwing at Nicholson. Um... But so they they start having drinks. They start exchanging uh, horror high school stories. I have braces. I I, I, I had a really bad acne. You know, all those things that you do in your twenties. Talking about five years previous. <laughs> I did really love her her line when they were talking about like why she left town. So are you are you from here? Or are you a townie? I'm a returnee. Left town for a while. Now I'm back. Where'd you leave? School. And then there's the real reason. <laughs> I was wronged. Guy named Logan. What do you do? Basics. Lie, cheated, lured me back in, left me again. Like that was a very natural thing to say of like a reason for a reason for moving. So mysterious, like so much potential baggage attached to I was wronged. <laughs> yeah, I also the uh, so why'd you leave town? I left for school. 
And then they exchange glances, like leaving for school is not a sufficient answer. Like, oh, there's got to be a backstory for that. Like, why would you leave town just to go to college? Like, why would you leave a place like Mystic Falls for an education? Like, so many people leave town to go to college, especially in small town Virginia. Like, I don't. Like, oh, well, also people leave town just to leave their like families, that. like to get away from home. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's not always some weird, suspicious. It was just bad dialogue. I I love the show, but I will acknowledge when there's bad dialogue. That was bad. I dialogue. mean, how many of us have flirted in a small town Virginia bar? <laughs> maybe that's just the, maybe that's just the rules, you know? That's true. That's true. So why did Sam, you? We we have flirted in a small town Virginia bar <laughs> <laughs> after knowing each other for ten years. Uh, Alaric reveals that his wife died. It's a cold case. Uh, Jenna feels very mm-hmm. awkward about it, um, and I guess they they kind of move on. He 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 moved to Mystic Falls for a change of change of scenery, uh, change of pace. Mystic Falls has a rich history as a history teacher. I guess all of this seems like valid backstory. Are you buying perhaps it? Perhaps he was also perhaps he was also wronged at some point. Perhaps he was wronged. <laughs> His answer about like the North Carolina State Police or whatever is like got to be major red flag though. <laughs> like how do you say that? Like how is that the answer that you give? to not arouse suspicion in someone like, Oh, how did my wife die? I don't know. And the police don't either. (laughs) And also like the North Carolina police department. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a agency, right? Like there's County police departments. And then there's like, there might be state, but there's no like state troopers. troopers. But if you're involving the state level, that's a big that's a big deal. Yeah, but there's no North Carolina State, uh, North Carolina Police Department, like NCFD, no. uh, NCPD. Like that's not a thing. No, like, no. there's a Charlotte Police Department. <laughs> there's a, no. uh, yeah, there's a Raleigh Police Department, and there might be a North Carolina State Trooper Department, but there's no NCPD. That's that's all. Well, maybe he he wanted to kind of misdirect in case. Jenna was like curious about his wife's death, and so she, she googled, googled NCPD. NCPD. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, it didn't get any hits." <laughs> Don't know where else. I guess to googling, look. googling doesn't always work. Yeah, googling or binging <laughs> does not work. Uh, <laughs> Alar- Alaric walks. I almost said Alar- uh, Alaric. Um, Alaric walks Jenna home. She does not invite him in. Seating he's a vampire. That he's the vampire. He looks very curiously at the door jam. Um, he's never seen one before. Like he's never seen one before. Uh, she doesn't invite him in because she's got some self restraint. This is not a one night stand with kids in the house. Youths. Yeah, as a grad student, no, you can't have one night stands when you are the guardian of a sixteen and a fifteen year old. <laughs> Good choices you're making there, Jenna. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> she's a cool aunt, but cool. she's not that cool. Cool aunt. Jeremy, she walks in the house and she sees that Jeremy found the box of Gilbert journals. Um, and so he's he's on his way into both looking up the Gilbert history 
as well as writing his extra credit. Um, he also found a picture of Jenna and Logan and she, she tears it up. She doesn't give a shit about Logan anymore until she opened the doorbell rings. She opens the door and there is Logan. Who's supposed to be dead asking to be invited in. A fucker. I just want to acknowledge that the closing montage was Jetta tearing up the photo with Logan, Matt and Caroline having flirty snacks in bed. Flirty biscotti. Flirty biscotti. Oh, maybe that's the title of the episode. Uh- <laughs> I, let me clarify. It wasn't biscotti, I think. I think it was those... Uh- what are those? Um, they're like kind of like sandwiches with the chocolate inside. Milano's. Milano's. It was flirty Milano's. I'm still gonna call it biscotti. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, it rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. Flirty biscotti. Uh, Damon is crying at the ruins. This is the first time we're seeing Damon cry. Damon doesn't cry yeah. a lot, so for us to see Damon cry here is uh, it was a little jarring as a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stefan's crying over his diary because I think he was yeah, doing Yeah, that was voiceover. also jarring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very emotional. We've seen a lot of range from him in this episode from a character that was previously, like, incredibly even-keeled. Yeah. Well, can we also say that when the amulet gets destroyed, Damon uh, has the, like... Makes a face where he looks like he's just pooping his pants. <laughs> like that's his like that's his like oh no face. It's <laughs> very oh so good. Grotesque. Yeah, I mean sometimes crying I guess can look like constipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the last bit of the montage, yeah, Stefan crying over his diary, and then Elena telling Bonnie about vampires, and that's kind of the the closing montage, and then it. It cuts to Logan at the front door. That was a lot. So much happened. We've been talking for an hour and 30 minutes. And um, a lot of that was, I think we had like 20 minutes of our bullshitting about uh, Robert Pattinson (laughs) and and Twilight bullshit at the beginning. Um, And of course, I'll cut a bunch of uh, scene dialogue into this episode. So I have no idea how long this is going to end up being. Um, But first I'll say no kill count in this episode, right? Yeah, no deaths. No one died. Um, but still, a lot of plot moved forward, which um, I understand why a lot of people find this to be one of the iconic episodes of the show. Um, it's not necessarily the one that I, like, when I think about season one that I, I go to, but I understand why it's, like, a pivotal moment, I think, in this show. Did either of you have any other random thoughts that we didn't touch on today? I would like to say, and I'm, I might say this when talking about who wins and who sucks, um, but Caroline, this episode, I feel like more, mostly in the scenes with like Bonnie and um, and uh, Elena, who, I don't know the actress's name, but like she has like like good comedic timing. Like which, which actress? Caroline. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like. Of this show, like her and Damon, like they have good banter with them, with each other, and also with other people. And she just like, I feel like she knows how to tell a joke on this show. Yeah, um, I agree. I feel like that that showed off that 
you could see that in this episode. Like she was, she was quick with a retort. Um, and I thought that was, uh, impressive. Agreed. Yeah. I think her name is Candace. I don't know if it's Akola or Akola at this time. Um, she got married a few years later. So her last name becomes Candace King. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Candace, I've been saying Akala in my head for many years. I should probably, I'll, I'll, I'll do some YouTube diving to figure out how I'm actually supposed to say it. Um, in my head, I've been saying Candace Akala. Um, <laughs> I think that over the years, she becomes one of the stronger actors on the show. Um, and I think she does a good job of the, the scene where she's talking to Matt and, and confronting Matt about, being awkward and weird. I actually was making a mental note of it today of she does a good job of like when the camera's close, she does the subtleness that, that makes it real. And then when the camera's far away, she does the over the topness that makes it mm-hmm. real. Like she understands camera uh, distance and, and like the difference between like a theater and a movie actor, right? Like when you have a camera, like right up in your face, you have to be a little bit more subtle when you're in the theater, you have to be that much more over the top. She understands that part of production. And I think she does a really great job of it. Whereas I think that some of the other actors on the show don't have the same mastery of it that she does. I think she's really, really, really great at it. She understands like wide shots and close shots in a way that other people don't. And I think that yeah. will translate throughout the entire eight seasons, eight seasons of the show. Thank God Hannah's not on right now with me talking about eight seasons of the show. I think she's really intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully now that she's watched up to 109 without talking about it, she's like into it. We'll see. We'll see when we talk to her this weekend. Anything else from your notes? I don't think so. We covered a lot. Yeah. We did. No Tyler in this episode. I'll say right now. That's okay. That's fine with me. At this point, I don't care. I would like to start talking about the music at some point. So we should maybe outside of podcast recording, talk about how we can incorporate it. Um, Sam, Mm -hmm. do you have any future predictions? I still have a hard time figuring out how to like uh, solicit future predictions from you because it's so, it's so early, but like, I don't know. Do you do you have feelings about what might happen next with Bonnie or Damon or Matt and Caroline or Alaric? Yeah. You believe Alaric is a vampire? Definitely a vampire. I mean, um yeah, I mean, I'm 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 curious to see how Bonnie deals with the information that they're vampires and like I'm assuming she brings that back to her um, grams and like get some history lessons on how they are enemies or allies or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, definitely Damon's not going to leave or he's going to leave for like an episode to, to film a movie and <laughs> then come back or something. I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see like how that kind of arc continues because i feel like they 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 introduce a lot of stuff about like catherine being alive and and the other vampires being alive and then they like close the door on it and it's like well you can't close the door on that like that's a that's like a season arc right there Uh um for them to close that that quickly feels like a cop out so my prediction is that and i think you kind of alluded to this that that's that's not the last we hear of the tomb (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> but, and then Alaric, I, my, my biggest thing right now, because he seems to have ulterior motives, but I can't tell if they're good or bad. Like he seems to be ingratiating himself with the Gilberts and maybe it's cause he's likes the Gilberts and he's a nice guy. Um, <laughs> or maybe it's because they have something that he wants or I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, I've had good history teachers and bad history teachers. So. <laughs> That's such a true statement. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had like, like a neutral history teacher. It was like, someone I really liked and really like valued their perspective on the world or someone who I was like, Ooh, you were a terrible person and you have a terrible interpretation of history. And I, I don't want to listen to anything you have to say. And I feel like you're trying to brainwash me into some terrible shit. Yeah. They're, I find that they're either more like English teachers or more like language teachers. And I think it's safe to say that none of my language teachers are listening to this. And all of my language teachers have been crazy. And if your history teacher is like a language teacher, they're eccentric, they're out there, they're like a little bit scary. Yeah. Emotional. (laughs) Yeah, that's a true. The only the only uh, history teacher that I would say does not fit in that mold was this teacher I had who at the time I thought was kind of loopy and like often got basic facts on history wrong. And they weren't like serious things, but like, you know, misquoting dates and like names and that sort of thing, which like seems like, you know, your bread and butter as a history teacher, you should know that shit. But then she also like taught us a lot from books that I had never read from before. And now I like feel like I am indebted to her for like introducing me to like Howard Zinn and like, books that like, I feel like you don't necessarily learn in high school. Um, so she was just bad with numbers. You know, I respect that. Um, but Sam, how many of your history teachers were vampires? Uh, TBD, you know, I haven't seen them in a while. So if they look (laughs) the same at our 10 year reunion, that's how you know, then you'll know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Who wins and who sucks? Caroline, you're just going to be in the hot seat until we get Hannah back. And then I'll let Sam and Hannah fight over who has to go first. Yeah, I think that, um, I think Alaric wins. He's making a lot of inroads this episode. So far, he looks really good. And... Handsome man. Yeah, he looks very good physically and... um, narratively (laughs) (laughs) he's a good teacher Um, he's giving uh jeremy a second chance yeah we love a teacher that engages the problem student like he is the freedom writers of mystic falls high he is like you know getting jeremy excited about school again and we love that um so he wins for me um but who loses um that's harder because no one dies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damon loses, I think. Yeah. Damon loses for me. And I know that I think I've said him before. He's like always kind of a loser for me. Uh, but he stays losing. Yeah. Yep. Valid. All right. Well, I'll say, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think I don't see anyone too much is winning in this episode. Cause I feel like 
there's just so much going on and no one really comes out of it the better per se, other than, I guess if I had to say who, someone winning, Stefan basically gets what he wants this whole episode. You know, he, one, he's, he's funny, you know, so he gets to show off some acting chops. And so that, that like, that's a win uh, for the character to show some range, but also like he stops Damon from doing what he was trying to do. And, he didn't really have much of a hand in it. Like it was kind of Emily doing her job or whatever, but he ultimately gets to stop Damon. And I feel like in that sense, he, he wins. Um, but it's not like a super, it's, you know, it's not his best win. You know, it's, it's a wins a win. Yeah. Um, it was an ugly win, but, uh, who sucks? Uh, You know, again, there was no one, I mean, Damon like obviously loses in a objective way. Um, but I, what for me, I feel like Matt sucked the most in this episode and not necessarily over a whole spectrum of like Damon is still obviously a worse person than Matt, but I feel like this was the first episode where I didn't like Matt and all the previous episodes, Matt was like the nice guy and like kind of a sad sack, but like you felt bad for him and you understood what he was going for and maybe he didn't have a lot of personality, but like he, you know, he had those beautiful blue eyes. Um, (laughs) but this episode, like he was kind of a dick. His explanation to Caroline was kind of shitty. Like it was just the first episode where I was just like, "Ah, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like objectively root for this guy every time. Um, so for, for, for me, Stefan won, Matt sucked. Sam, you and I are in complete alignment this week. I think <laughs> Stefan wins. I think Matt sucks this week. I think Stefan, by the time Damon gives up the information that he's trying to get, Stefan got the information that he was trying to get, right? And yeah. oh, he actually knows how to play his brother. Okay. Uh, what are we rating this episode? One out of ten. Mm, I think a seven for me because a lot happened and I, you know, even though I know what happens after this, it progresses the the plot a lot. Um, But at the same time, like I don't get those romantic twinges that I really want to between Stefan and Elena. And I'm like craving that at this point because they've, they've had like their buildup and then their breakup. Um, So it's a seven not any higher for me because it lacks the romance. Yeah, I hear that. How about you, Sam? I I really liked this episode, I think, just because there was so much plot and there was so much happening and you got to see a lot of the actors kind of, you know, flex their acting, like doing something a little bit out of their wheelhouse. (laughs) Stefan in particular. Stefan, but like Caroline too and and Damon, but... And Bonnie. um, and Bonnie, yeah, I mean, she she carried the episode, and I feel like that she she earned that that uh, you know distinction. Um, I guess n- not to sound like a um, stereotypical man, uh, <laughs> but the the Elena Stefan like longing look scenes don't really do it for me. So like to, for those to be missing, like I'm not that sad about that. Like mm-hmm. uh, they're. That's, those are kind of the slow points for me is okay. like there is their angst about whatever they are having angst about. Um, 
there's nothing toxically masculine about what you just said. That's just, <laughs> that's just people who love television having an opinion. And I appreciate your opinion. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, yeah, thank, yeah. I mean, I, I say that as someone who saw all four, what, four, five, five movies four, of five Twilight. Twilights. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm allergic to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, I'll rate it a, an eight. I think it was I think it was a solid solid plot heavy episode. I agree. I hmm 8 or 7. I I'm going to give it a 7 as well. I think that I appreciate it it took a while to to start having the, like the meaningful reveals, right? And this episode was a it was a big reveal. I I don't agree with a lot of people who say this is an iconic moment because I forget about this episode a lot. But I I love that it's a Bonnie centric episode. She deserves it. I think that Caroline has been kind of grating, but in a way that you can have affection for and in in the past. Mm-hmm. And this is the episode where you're like, okay, I I have full affection for her gratingness. Right. This is this is when you really start to love Caroline. Like you, you, you have a little bit of empathy for Caroline, and so I love that about her. So yeah, you know, I'll and and yeah, it's not a Stefan and Elena centric episode, and I want the show to open up the 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 universe outside of them. It doesn't need to be Twilight, right? It doesn't need to be Bella Edward. It needs to it needs to be the ensemble cast and. Um, this is one of the first episodes where you start to see how the ensemble cast can can work. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be Nina Dobrev and Paul Wesley and Ian Zimmerhalder. It can also be Candace Akala and Kat Graham and Zach Rorig. And although Tyler's not in this episode, which I don't care about, but, <laughs> you know, like all of these other side players, plus the parents, right? Like all of those people should factor into this show. And while we've talked about the universe opening up in the past, like this validates that need Um, in going into chapter two of season one, which is, I will say you, you, you you do still get a good chunk of, gratuitous Paul Wesley ab shots in this episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm no one's complaining. (laughs) <laughs> Not just gratuitous though. Like, like I'm pretty sure those are airbrushed abs. <laughs> I don't need to know. I don't need to know if it's not real. Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> I can see you googling, and I don't need to know. So there's a there's a YouTube episode of uh, the Try Guys where they airbrush tans on each other. And part of it is like, oh, well, how do I airbrush better abs on you? Right. And, <laughs> and, and they talk, I think they talk about Robert Pattinson, like them, like airbrushing abs on Robert Pattinson, because he had no defined abs during that scene in the movie where he has oh, to like, sure. be shirtless and like, it's yeah. clearly drawn on abs or whatever. Um, and so the, the Hollywood makeup art of, ab drawing (laughs) is hilarious and i'm sure paul wesley has amazing 
abs, but that scene in the beginning of the episode where he's putting on a shirt and mm-hmm. his abs are, it's not realistic. It's all crazy. Yeah. I think it's my notes crazy. for that scene were chiseled abs and I, I wrote nothing about the content. <laughs> yeah. No, it's insane. Um, let me find the promo for you guys so we can watch it for next week. He's leaving. Moving away. <gasps> Stefan, I love you. There's been another attack. There's another vampire in town. Ah, oh, Logan. I can't stop killing, and I like Welcome to the club. Are you dodging me? <laughs> Don't ever threaten me again. Whoa. Very dramatic promo. <laughs> it's like there's going to be some S-E-X in the next episode. Sam, you better cover your eyes. Hannah's going to have so many issues with Stefan's 162-year-old ass having <laughs> sex with Elena. I'll, bl- I'll block out three hours for recording. I'm excited to see um, C quote unquote, see Hannah next week again. Um, (laughs) I hope you guys both have a really great week ahead of you. You too. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Stay healthy. Stay safe.